You're listening to the Royal Oak Church Podcast. Royal Oak Church is based in Front Royal, Virginia and led by Pastor John Acronero. At Royal Oak Church, we believe in training children, restoring families, and lighting our community. We're so thankful that you have decided to tune in, and we pray that God will minister to your heart and speak to you as you hear His Word today. God bless. I'm so glad you're here this morning. Um, Royal Kids, you will have um, Beth next week. She has something for you. She was going to do it this week, but um, something stung her eye, so she can't really see that well. So next week, I was going to try to do something, but I just, I wouldn't be able to like you guys do it. So. So you're stuck with just listening to me today, kids. Yay. Oh, thank you. None of the adults said yay. Just pointing that out. I was. I was talking to the kids. (laughs) So how's everybody this week? It's going to be hot today. So I figured if we stay here all day in the cool church, it would probably be better, right? All right. I'll promise to let you out before it hits 107 degrees like they're saying it's going to. So I hope you have your air conditioners. Some of you hopefully are getting yours fixed today. (laughs) But I want to just talk to you for a little bit this morning about who we are. So I'm going to ask three questions and you can just shout out your answers. Who are you? Father God. Father. Huh? king's kid, a father, follower of Jesus, a sinner. Good. Next question. What defines you? This is deep stuff for a Sunday morning, but let's just go with it. Character, commitment, faith. Those are all good. What? Helps. Integrity. God does. Good. Who knows you the best? Everybody have the same answer? Or? There's no wrong answer. I'm just letting you know that. If you are wrong, I will call you out on it, but it shouldn't be anywhere. Enemy knows you very well. That's good. It's true. For me, my, besides God, my wife knows me the best. She's been with me for a long time. We started dating when we were four and five years old. (laughs) Pretty close. It was 10 years more than that, but that's the honest truth. My parents know me next best. They're probably even about the same. So, but you're not allowed to ask them any questions about me. That's just off the limits. (laughs) But we're going to explore these things today. We're going to talk just a little bit about... um, where we've been and what's changed over time for us and how we lose focus on exactly who we are because it happens, who we are and who we were created to be. You know, we're the only species that really has this problem of all the living and breathing things in this world. The human race is the only one that has this particular problem of not knowing um, who we are. I'm going to pick on bears for a while today. I like bears, but I like to pick on bears, too, for some reason. I don't really know why, just 
popped, popped into my head the other day, and I, if I can get my phone unlocked, this would be really good. Okay, I have a slide now. So, a bear never forgets what he or she is, right? A, a, a bear knows it's a bear. Um, like lions too, yes. Lions know they're lions, right? A lion can't be a bear, right? And a bear can't be a, a lion. Other wildlife, you know, that's, just picture this bear ro roaming, what, what was that? I want to hear the kids. What did you say? A polar bear would be a bear. Yes. You can tell he's a benner. He's very wise and has good head knowledge. Very good, James. It's very true. <laughs> so just picture these bear, this bear or polar bear, whatever, just out in the wild and, you know, just roaming around and seeing other animals and, you know, the, the birds would prop maybe tease it because like, oh, you're so slow. We can get from here to there. No problem. We can fly. And the bear's like, you know what? I want to, I want to become an eagle. I'm going to change my identity. And um, can you go to the Sunday slides thing on the side and put the first one up? So you might be able to stick feathers on a bear, but you'll never make the bear fly. It just is never going to happen. Try as he may. That's an actual picture from the Shenandoah Park. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> try as hard as you may, that bear will never fly. Why is that? It's not a bird. No matter how much it thinks it wants to fly and really wants to fly, it can never do it because it's a bear. It's, it's common sense, right? We really don't have to debate that too much. It knows who it is. Humans, on the other hand, we're built a little bit different. And in fact, if humans did not exist on this planet, this planet would look pretty similar one million years from now as it does today, without the buildings. If there was no humans, you, would just, you wouldn't see buildings. You wouldn't see, you wouldn't see uh, things like this. Can you do the next slide? You wouldn't see a bear driving around in an Uber car. Because without humans, the car wouldn't exist, and you know, they wouldn't have shades like that either. Bears can't be Uber drivers. So we... <laughs> You got to just bear with me today. <laughs> have a nice day, everybody. <laughs> a pig driving a tow truck. That probably might not work either, but if anybody could figure out a way, it would be you, buddy. I, I know that. I know your parents. They're very smart. No, they are very creative, most creative people. I'm not kidding either. The Benner family... They, they just can create anything. But it requires a human. The difference between us and the animal population is one major thing. We were created by God. They were too. But the key difference is he breathed his life into us. He gave us a free will. It's like, yeah, freedom. Hold on. Human beings, we can actually reinvent ourselves, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. 
We can choose to do anything we want if it's phys physically attainable, and unfortunately, if it's not physically attainable, we can become anything we want. This is a blessing and a curse that we have as beings with free will. We are blessed and cursed with the ability to make a decision. See, a bear doesn't have to make a decision. It knows what it needs. It just does it. It doesn't have to think, you know, do I, you know, do I want to be a, a, a eagle today or do I want to be a bear? You know, what's going on? They, they don't have to worry about that. We struggle with things like anxiety and depression, I believe, because we have this free will. The reality is that choices we make and the things that have happened to us because of the choices other people have made lead us to a place of anxiety and stress in our lives, and we find ourselves wondering how we got here. After a while, we just don't know who we are. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said, I just don't know who you are right now? Maybe there's a time in your life when you felt like, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I don't know who I am. God made us different. Because of our free will, we can freely worship the God who created us, or we can deny him and worship whatever we want. Freedom gets very tricky, though. If we look at freedom as, I can do whatever I want, then the freedom becomes a little bit dangerous. I could eat anything I want, true, but you won't like the results. I can walk into a store, I can take whatever I want, I can choose who I like and make life miserable for those that I don't like, and on and on it goes. With freedom, we have choices, but with choices, we have consequences. This is where freedom gets a bit tricky. You can live in freedom and have a horrible life. Why? Because of what you choose or maybe what others have done to you because of their choice. Freedom sounds so beautiful, but it can be so ugly and devastating at the same time. I'll be honest, some days, and my parents can attest to this, I'm just not good at decision making sometimes, especially when it came, comes to uh, picking out school clothes or, or buying stuff for my, my siblings for Christmas when I was younger. Yeah, my dad has nightmares about that. I just didn't know. I would stand on, on an aisle for hours just looking at two things and not knowing what to do. And that's kind of bled into uh, my adulthood life where Michelle and I will be sitting there. Uh, we, we, are, we don't have our kids with us anymore. They're all grown up. And um, we're sitting there thinking, what do you want for dinner? It's like 5 o'clock. I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. We ask these questions, but we usually get the same thing. We just don't want to make the decisions. I said, it would be great if people could just bring food by, uh, know what you like, and just surprise you with a meal every day, and you don't have to think about it. You don't have to make a decision. That would be nice. <laughs> but freedom comes with the burden of having to make decisions. That's just what it's all about. And decisions are what shape us, and the sum of those decisions equals who we are today. At least who we think we are. Today, today, we need a reminder. With everything that's going on around us, we, we need a reminder of who we are. We're going to take a look at Psalm 139 from the New Living Translation. David wrote this psalm or song when he was struggling with people who wanted to kill him, both for decisions that they made and for decisions that David had made. And the psalm is a great reminder and should be our anchor, and it should be something we read each and every day to remind us exactly who we are. 
verse 1, it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home, and you know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If you go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your support, your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. I love that. We are wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life is recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot even be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. That's how God sees us. We could never, ever escape from God. Doesn't matter how far you've fallen. It doesn't matter where you are. Darkness cannot hide you from him because he outshines the darkness. You cannot get away from him. We are never alone is what, what I'm trying to tell you. Some of you may feel like you're alone. I'm telling you right now, the God of the, own, the universe, the one that matters the most, that one that gave you life, the one that breathed it into you, the one that loves you the most, never ever is going to be away from you. He walks in front of us and behind us. I love that picture. He's got your back, and he's ready to defend you if anybody tries to come from the front. And when we start seeing ourselves in that light, notice that whole time in that whole psalm and that prayer from David, and you can read this in Scripture, God never abandons you because you make bad decisions. We try to step away from God when we make bad decisions. But he's never going to leave you. He's always going to be there. And when we see and understand this, we are truly free. We just sang a song that said, Higher than the mountains that I face, stronger than the power of the grave, constant in the trial and the change. He is a constant. God doesn't change his plans because, because of COVID. God doesn't change his plans because men get elected and pass laws. God doesn't change any of that. We try to change, but God is always the same. The same. One thing remains. God is the same. And it's easy to get riled up about what's going on. It really is. It's our human nature to fear and worry and stress and be anxious about what we see. Things have changed significantly in such a short amount of time. And things are, will continue to change. 
It's just going to happen. Change has even changed. You can't get change anywhere. You can't go to the store and get change. You have to, I mean, if you have a quarter, it's probably worth 100 quarters by now. And it's, and I'm, and I'm just going to say this. I, I, I've seen a lot of the people talking. It's, it's merely because when we shut down the economy, all that change started, stopped changing hands. And it's just, it's just everywhere, but not where it needs to be. It's going to take a while for it all to come around. So don't worry. There'll be change one day. In the meantime, use your ATM card. If you don't have it, I don't know what you do. Yeah. But anyway, so change has even changed. The other thing we have when we start thinking about who we are in God, we, we allow others to kind of, we take what others say more than what, we, what God says about us. And unfortunately, we have everyone's opinions at our fingertips. This does two things. It allows us to find only those who think like us and we can forget about everybody else, which is not good. You need to understand everybody. If Jesus just hung around with, well, they, didn't, they weren't Christians then. If Jesus just hung around with his own believers, that's not how it's supposed to go. We can't do that either. So it does two things. We find others who think like us and ignore the rest. Number two, it just allows us to get more frustrated when we see what others have to say. When I was growing up, um, anybody remember the video game Zork? Oh, wow. Yeah, all right. Dorothy does. Saw it in a movie. Okay, well, Zork was a computer game back in the 80s. And it's not like the games today, kids. You are, you are just blessed with good technology. What? The original Nintendo, nice. That's still way beyond what we had. This was actually, you had to type words. There were no graphics. You had to interact with the thing, um, uh, the computer, and you, you would say things like, you know, go north. And, and as soon as you type that, it would tell, give you a story of, you are now standing in a field. There is a um, lion to the left and a, a, a cliff to, in front of you. And then the one thing that I used to always fall into was you, you go take a wrong turn. You don't know what it is, so you kind of have to map this out in your head as you're doing it, because you would, you know, I, you'd get eaten by a Gru, is what I always happen. So I don't know what a Gru is, but you'd make a wrong turn, it says, you have just been eaten by a Gru. Those were our games, kids, and this was typing on a computer and reading, so you are lucky. But it, it allows you to, to kind of blaze your own path in this game. And then there were the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Anybody ever read those? Those were fun. That's, that's, that's as much as I ever read in high school was those things. And they were probably designed for elementary to middle school. But it was cool because you would read the book and you'd get to a page and it'd say, if you want to go through the door, turn to page 50. And if you want to go here, you know, turn here. And then, you know, you turn it and then you didn't like that. So you go back and cheat. And I'm going to go back to the other one. We don't really have that option in real time. And sometimes we get swayed by what others are doing and want to follow after what they're doing because it looks good to them and you think it's going to be good to you. So we start to choose our own adventure with the free will we have, and that's where it can get a little complex because we really got to know who we are. Otherwise, we will fall into traps and start making bad decisions and start following the wrong path and get eaten by a groove. 
So teens, I want to talk to you today about this because at some point in your life, you are going to run into someone that causes you pain and tells you that you're worthless and tells you that you're stupid. Fill in the blank. It's going to happen. In fact, pain isn't always verbal. It can be physical. Sadly, physical abuse is the thing. Whether it's verbal or physical, it brings pain, shame, hopelessness, even thoughts of taking your own life, and that's just sad reality, and it's true. And some of the adults here are having the effects of those things even today. I know this is heavy stuff, but we need to hear this because this is not who we were meant to be. All of these things come because we take on the identity of the choices made by others and ourselves instead of the identity the creator gives us. And it happens easily. The stuff that gets piled on top of us is junk. It's rubble, whatever you want. Just picture yourself when you start off and we have the, the babies in here, the younger ones, and they're, they're good. They get, they get everything they need, everything they want. They're happy. Nothing's happened to them. They're good. And then what happens, unfortunately, in life because of free will and men that use it, men and women that use it, you know, wrongly, these, these children end up growing up with, you know, stuff started piling up at their feet. I, I always picture Pigpen from, from uh, Charlie Brown, you know, how he walked around and he always had that uh, cloud of dust around him. So it starts like that when you're younger and then it kind of builds and after a while more and more stuff gets piled on and you start to barely recognize who you are. And others barely know you too, and, and, but it's not you. Have you ever just thought, God, how did I get here? How did this become part of me and how am I this way? Look at your childhood. For some of you, it wasn't good, but for some of you that it was, you look back and things are so much easier then. Things get piled on. People make more bad decisions. You make more bad decisions. It leads to more and more trash piling up. Why? Because the decisions you are making are in light of your perception or what you see before you with your own eyes. What I'm trying to tell you is no matter how much you think you are junk and worthless, God sees you as the apple of his eye. That's never going to change. So the decisions we make that bring this around us, God can take that away from you. We need to recognize and understand who we are. If you don't know who you are in the beginning, it's going to be very hard to find yourself later when all of this stuff piles up. So I'm telling you today, teens, kids, adults, you are children of God. You are. I don't care what's happened in your past. I don't care what's happening right now. I don't care what you're thinking about right now. God knows you. He sees you. He created you. He knitted you in your mother's womb. He knows who you are. So instead of making decisions on who we think we are, We need to make decisions on who God says we are. We need to make those decisions and choices. Our decisions should be made based on how the creator sees us. Make decision from strength, not fear. You were made and created by God. That's where we all start until we start letting our circumstances define us. 
I failed miserably in business. You know, I, lo- I, I lost everything. I couldn't do this. I, I failed my family. And I, I... Free will, again. Free will allows you to change. But you have to do it. God is not going to control you and say, God, just make everything good. God can. But I've, I've never seen him do that in anything I've ever read without somebody making a change and deciding that that's what they want because we're not robots. While the actions of others and yourself can, challenge, can change you, it doesn't remove the fact that you were created by God for a purpose. Every single one of you here, God did not just randomly create you. You just didn't randomly, I don't care how your parents got together God knew you were coming and he knew how he wanted you to be. He has a plan for you and it doesn't matter. You, you could be 90, 100 years old and if today you realize like, I've blown it all this time, God, I want to be used, he will take care of you. I guarantee it. Part of this life really is, <laughs> is I don't want this to be a downer everybody but it's true part of this life is sifting through the hurt the lies and junk that has covered up the fact that you were created in the image of God himself part of what we struggle with the most is right there we need to remind ourselves of that every day and then look we need to remind ourselves who we are every day we need to remind ourselves when you wake up in the morning I'm a child of God he made me for a purpose yeah I got all this junk but I know I have there's something more for me God, show me. Show me what you want me to do today. And then once we start looking at ourselves that way, then you know what we can do? We can start looking at everyone else in that light. And boy, that's when it really gets difficult. Because you can look at somebody and say, there's no way God made them for a purpose. Let's be honest. You can feel that way, right? But they're just in the same spot that you were, you have been. They are a child. God didn't say, I'm going to get, I'm not going to get political, but I'm going to say something political. I'll, I'll, I'll mute it off of the podcast. I don't get in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. God didn't say, all Republicans are made in my image. All Democrats are made in my image. All independents. All this race. All that race. He said, all. Even if they annoy you, even if you seethe at watching their face on TV, they are made by God. He knitted them together in, in the womb for a purpose, and they are not, they might not be in their purpose. You can pray for them. You can pray for them. We need to start lifting the rubble off of our lives and from others. Our view is clouded because the rubble has been piling up for so long. We don't know who we are. Our view of who we are is distorted. But here's the thing. God still sees the you that he created. And he can show you and remind you who you are. We need to see our saves in the same way and make decisions accordingly. David understood this. The last few verses of the scripture that I read, Psalm 139, gives us a glimpse glimpse of where David's heart was at the moment and he says this in verse 19 oh God if you would destroy the wicked that's harsh right 
Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme, blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred for your enemies are my enemies. That's really rough. Remember what I said the other week? So it's okay to pray to God with how you feel. David himself, in this moment, was adding a layer of rubble to his life when he said that hatred, he hates everybody. He hates everybody that hates God. That might sound noble. That's not what God wants from us. He confesses that and tells God that, and he actually tries to justify it, say, listen, if they hate you, then I hate them too. He's making a decision based on his perception and not of who these people that hate him are. Those people that hate God were still created by God for a purpose. And just to be clear, there are many references in scripture where we see words used like this and taken out of context, we can conclude that, well, if David said this, then I should hate all my enemies. So here's my list of people I hate because they hate God, so I hate them too. I want to tell you that's categorically wrong. Because David continues right after he says this, probably realizing what he said. And, you know, he had written this out as a song, so he had given it some thought. So he put this in here deliberately for us to hear, but then closes with this. He says, but search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's the key to this whole thing. Whenever we feel something, whenever we are on the verge of making a decision, we need to say the same thing to our creator. Search me, O God. This is how I feel. But search me. If it's not right, then I'm not going to do it. But this is how I feel, God. It's okay to tell him how you feel. I can't stand this person. I can't stand that person. Tell him. But then end it with search me. And that's what David did. We need to do this. We need to make these decisions based on who we are, not who people tell us we are, not who we think we are. we got to know every morning when you wake up, you are a child of God. You start your day with that fact. No matter what happened last night, no matter what you think is going to happen later, start there and pray. We need to do this. If you could stand with me, please. If you have a hard time believing that you are a child of God and maybe you have things in your past or maybe currently that you're doing or not doing right and you think I have to earn it, you can't. You can only accept the fact that God loves you and created you. And you can turn. You hear the word repentance. Repentance simply means to turn around from what you're doing and go the opposite way. But sometimes I go back. Yes, welcome to every human being. We all do this. But it's when you stop going and turning around and just give up and just follow blindly into what the enemy has for you that it's going to get bad. You can stop and turn anytime. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for your words. Father, for your wisdom. Father, I thank you for your servant, David, who have given us a glimpse into what we feel even today. Frustration and anger and 
everything clouded up because of decisions we made or decisions that were made on our behalf that have just caused debris all around us, Father. So much so that when we look in the mirror, we can't even recognize who we are. Father, I pray for those who are struggling with this today. I pray for those who just feel like I am never going to do this. I've already messed up so much in my life. It's going to take me forever. God, you, you forgive us in a moment. Father, I pray for those who need to hear this today, that they just start seeing you when they look in the mirror, that they stop seeing all those things that they've been called or all those things that they call themselves, but they start seeing you. God, you created every one of us in this room for a purpose. And it's never too late. I can't find one word in scripture where it says you only have X amount of years to do this and then you've blown it. In fact, Father, you have given some of your greatest leaders the opportunity to change at a very old age. So Father, there is no reason why we can't stop right now making about face and go run back to you, our creator. Father, I pray for that today. I pray that we have a heart for others, that we start lifting the rubble and the debris off of others so they can start seeing who they are. Father, we, can, you can, we cannot hide in the darkness, Father, because there is no darkness with you. There's nowhere we can run. Nobody else can hide us either. You will always find us, Father. Father, I thank you again for meeting us here this morning, for giving us this word. Lord, I just ask that it penetrates our hearts, Father. Father, I ask, up, ask that you raise this next generation with the identity of you, Father, and nothing else that they read, hear, or, or see on social media that says anything negative, Father. Protect them from that. Give them strength. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for coming.